told off and look at me Good morning, everybody. Thanks for talking over my opening link, Mark. It's a small business support group. <laughs> it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday, isn't it? Wednesday, the 27th of May. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Just a bit, everybody is a little bit tetchy this morning, just to let you know. I'm not. No, just you're you not. Lot. You're, you're fine. <laughs> it's just we, we had some off-air chats, and everybody's a little bit grumpy. And got certain things to talk about. So, Maz, what are you talking about today? Not, not, not the whole thing, just an index. I know, I know. I'm going to be talking about because Mr. Johnson's going in today because um, he's going to be questioned on Cummings and his handling of the pandemic. So I'll be talking about that. Okay. It's just every time you say Cummings, it's just it's funny. <laughs> no, it's just me. Uh, no. Mark, what are you, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what do you got to talk about? Can I talk about the Cheltenham races? I live so close to it. And obviously the uh, Liverpool and, uh, yeah, the football game that happened in Liverpool. Madrid versus Liverpool. Yeah, that's it. There. But all of this, they're saying, has caused unnecessary deaths in as much as, um, you yeah, know, those should have been called off well before. All right, fair enough. Uh, Grant is uh, just going to make some comments on various things today. <laughs> So uh, we won't give. Yeah, him I a did. I did one actually. Uh, oh, okay. No, he's in. Maybe if we get time, depending on how it goes. Um, I, I was going to suggest this the other day. Talk about uh, things that we've either read or watched during lockdown that have inspired us or helped us uh, get through it. Okay, that is brilliant. I'm going to talk about SpaceX, which mm -hmm. is happening. Big day today for them and NASA. We'll talk about that and. And tell you exactly how you can watch it this evening on television and in the sky. Ooh, how exciting! So, who should we pick to kick things off today? You know what, Maz? Hold it there. We're gonna kick off with Mark this morning. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd get me. I knew you'd get me. Right. Well, obviously, yeah, on, the, a, a few well, before all this kicked off, the whole Cheltenham races, which brings in so much revenue for the country was, uh, you know, being informed, all the races, that we were going to continue with it. And, yeah, it effectively did go on. But there is now uh, reports to say that it was unnecessary to do that. It's caused huge risks with COVID-19, and people subsequently suffered for that. We also had the, um, just a check up, because I'm not a massive fur football fan, but Liverpool and Atlanta Madrid also played uh, uh, international game in Liverpool where 3,000 uh, fans came across with all of this going on why weren't we making more of the lockdown and could we have saved lives now Professor Tim Spector said the rates causes local increases several fold so locally in Gloucestershire we had peaks and ultimately the north and the northwest are still suffering with high numbers of coronavirus the government obviously took the approach at times. Boris is is has come under massive uh, criticism for not closing the borders before now, and now people are starting to say that the numbers which are controlled elsewhere in um, you know Australia, uh, places like that, who took great measures to close their borders early enough, have kept their numbers so low, and yet we are now seeing the full force of lockdown with it all happening after the races instantly. It was amazing that as soon as the races were over, the lockdown happened. Now, 
what is big in Ireland, and, and this is what they, they talked about at the time, uh, the Irish government cancelled, you know, um, St. Patrick's Day, such a huge event. And yet the Cheltenham races, which is uh, a great uh, festival for the Irish community, came over in their droves saying that if the UK, if the UK was saying it's safe to do so, then it must be safe to do so. Was this the price too much for this country to take at the time? Was the millions that we took in, in uh, the races, the betting, the football coverage, all of that, the revenue we took, was it worth it? That is a question I'd like to be asking, um, you know, Boris Johnson right now, not this Cummings issue, you know, that has been blown out of proportion, and we are hearing from Maz about that. But, you know, the simple fact is, people like uh, Dominic Cummings are given great responsibilities by idiots who should be going. But that's something that Maz will be talking about. There you go. Oh, there's a, there you go at the end. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready to knock him up. Well done. That was great. Five minutes. Very Is that great. an example of how to intro? How to do it. Get close to the camera and come back. and keep, That's how you do it. Brilliant. No, I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. I actually thought, I'm not too bothered about the uh, Atletico Madrid and Liverpool game. It's, as I say, I'm not really interested in football, but that Cheltenham Races uh, decision was, was wrong. It was huge. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I live local, uh, you know, Cheeksbury, only up the road from there. And it's great for the economy. Of course it is. Uh, but as we know, I had the show that time. I was, I was like, do we go ahead with the show? Do we not go? I was waiting for the lights. And the only reason I was able to go ahead with my show, and we took all the uh, precautions we possibly could, but the guidelines we knew at the time was because the races were still going on. My thought now is had the races been cancelled, so would we have been early lockdown. And my show and other businesses wouldn't have been able to continue the way they're going. Was it irresponsible mm -hmm. you know, to have allowed uh, yeah, more than 250,000 people to Cheltenham for the races. It'd be, it, have they admitted that there's a spike? Well, no, because everybody just, everybody just went everywhere else, didn't they? So they just went to the, all, all over the UK, literally all over the UK, Ireland and everywhere. So it's uh, it's interesting to know if uh, how many people actually caught it from that. Grant, you got a, you got a point of view on this? I think it's great, isn't it, looking at it in hindsight. What you've got to remember is back, back then... Um, you know, we had no real clue as to what the virus was going to be like and, and the effect that it, it would have. Um, and it, it's easy to look back and go, wow, you know, uh, what if what what we should have done, what we what we could have done. I think what is really fascinating to me is that um, a global pandemic pandemic is not something that um, uh, was not planned for. So in other words, um, we all knew that this would had been predicted for a while. We'd seen it happen before. Um, there were countries that reacted immediately to that in a very severe way and have completely, um, you know, uh, uh, got rid of the, well, never had the virus in the first place. So Australia is a, is a good example. New Zealand, you know, uh, Greece. Um, I, I saw yesterday the reports in Greece, with, you know, they've, they've had something like less than 200 cases. Um, yeah, I saw that report. Now, that to me is um, it, it's it's fascinating to see that they went into such a severe lockdown, more you know as much as we did, but much sooner, and they've managed to uh, keep the numbers really really low. 
Whereas when you look at the way we reacted, I, my feeling is that they didn't really understand the severity of what was likely to happen. And they were paying a balancing act between keeping normality going um, and and keeping business uh, moving as much as possible and the economy moving as much as possible versus um, you know, a pandemic that may or may not have been really bad because at the time, let's face it, I don't think any of us really expected it to turn out the way it did. And I would imagine the politicians were in the same boat. Um, you know, that, that would be my, my feeling on it is that, you know, I mean, let's face it, Mark, I remember having a conversation with you a week before the show where you phoned me up and you said, should I cancel the show? You know, what should I do? Um, my feeling at the time was um, we've got to keep business moving. You know, we've got to give people the opportunity. And if the guidelines that we're being given by the government is that we're OK using social distancing rules to do the show, um, we should do it. Because at the time, there were lots of other people that were pulling events. The, the you know, the economy was starting to stutter. Uh, the NEC was starting to see loads and loads of events cancelled. And at the time, my feeling was, and I, and, I, and I remember having this conversation with you, that that, that was a knee-jerk reaction and it was over, it was overkill. In hindsight, it wasn't. But we weren't given the correct guidance. We, we, were, yeah. we weren't given the correct information. And, yeah. you know, um, it was a... It was a it was a difficult decision because obviously you're taking a lot of people's money. And I know the race course would have felt the same way, um, the tickets out, all the rest of it, all of it. Um, and where do you go? Because obviously, you know, you, you hear now of companies holding money for deposit or whatever for next time because their cash flow can't be, uh, you know, would be massively affected if, if you have to give all the money back. So I know that's what possibly one of the biggest decisions behind why the government said, well, it must go on because they'd already spent the money that would be made through uh, the races itself. No, it's, uh, it is wrong. Maz, have you got a point of view on this or are you fairly negative on it? No, no I, I, I agree with Grant and also what Mark is saying. Okay. <laughs> I think we've uh, have we, have we upset you or something, Maz. I just yeah, 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 she's waiting for a big moment. She's waiting for a big moment. She's waiting for the stage, and I'm like, give it to me. Okay, well, I think we, you know, I think we'll visit that again and see how uh, how everything, also how sporting is going to uh, open up because obviously there was a game last night somewhere. Was it in Germany or somewhere? There was a there was a football game. They let 300 people into the uh, into the stadium. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. See how well um, we move along with that. So. Over to Maz then. She's got uh, going to be talking about Dominic Cummings. And when she told me this morning, you know, what she was talking about, I thought, what would be a great a great headline to put up on the screen while she's talking? And I think I've nailed this, really. And I haven't copied it. I haven't seen it anywhere else or used anywhere else. But I think I have nailed this. So over to Maz to talk about Dominic Cummings. Let me see what the headline is. The Cummings and Goings. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my, my work here is done. The coming yeah. and of Dominic. Okay. So, <laughs> good morning to our viewers. Good morning. Oh, no, actually, good afternoon. Sorry. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, Mr. Johnson today will be facing senior MPs over Cummings and his handling of the pandemic. And as we can see from the media, 
Cummings has faced intense criticism over his decision, as we know, to drive to his family home, which is 260 miles from London to Durham, at the peak height of the lockdown, with critics accusing him of defying the rules that we know he helped create. I mean, the junior minister of Scotland resigned on Tuesday over this, and then his resignation was followed by at least another 40 Tory MPs calling on Dominic to quit over lockdown controversy, you know, stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. The clue to the anger and outrage being felt is down to the blatant disregard for the first three words and the attempts to defend it, you know, judgment, um, integrity and responsibility are all in question. These are qualities we want, we need from a leader and his team in time of a crisis, a pandemic. You know, we all make mistakes in our lives and careers at some point. We're human. We're not angel. We're not God. We're going to make mistakes. But it's how you deal with those and learn from them that is important. And I think Mr. Cumming should have the integrity and responsibility to admit, put his hand up and say, you know what? I made a mistake and apologize. You know, I don't want him to resign. Just a recognition of the error. You know, for him not to be able to say sorry, again, that speaks volumes. I think I feel sorry for Mr. Cummings that, in, that on his £95,000 salary a year, he wasn't able to get childcare near him. And I accept, you know, that um, he wanted somebody safer, you know, nan and granddad, you know, great story. Okay, you know, when he sat in Rose Garden and he gave that story, I thought, yeah, give the guy benefit of the doubt. You know, what's the press doing? But then when he came out with the 60-mile round-trip journey, you know, to um, test his driving ability, that surely for me, and this is my opinion, it takes credibility away. Uh, with his wife and child in the car, testing an eyesight to a beauty spot, not to mention it was her birthday. I mean, seriously, do you really believe any sane parent would say that I'm going to strap my son into the back seat, drive for 60 miles and make sure that I'm okay? It's crazy. And then the other thing that I actually picked up, um, he said at the press conference that his wife called him to tell him that she had COVID symptoms. He then went home only to return to work later. We have repeatedly been told if anyone in your household has symptoms, you must self-isolate and not return to work and infect everyone. So the first rule that he broke for me was returning to Downing Street after visiting his wife, who's actually told him, I'm ill with COVID symptoms, Dominic. But hey, you know. And then you've got, um, I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong, is it Bernard, Bernard Castle, the trip that he did? You know, Bernard Castle, that, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like a standing joke. I mean, this is the man who bought us the herd immunity strategy, and then he U-turned as it became clear it was a total disaster costing lives. Then he floated his own lockdown rules. Then he lied to say he hadn't, and now he doesn't want to apologize. I mean, 
are we stupid? I feel that we're an audience in some circus. And personally, I'd feel much more comfortable if a ringmaster was running a show instead of a couple of clowns. I mean, <laughs> the handling of the coronavirus has been, in my opinion, and I know that I stress this on the show time and time again, pretty appalling. And it compares badly with other countries and as Grant has touched on them. I mean, major mistakes include allowing major sporting and concerts to go ahead, delaying lockdown, even when it was obvious from the experience in China and Italy that lockdown was vital. Also being up and tracking just when it was crucial and continuing to allow flights into the UK from known hotspots without checking or tracing. And this is not to say the PPE fiasco. You know, other countries have performed infinitely better. Yes, Grant, you've picked on it, you know, but I would give the example of Germany and Turkey. We've had about 38,000 deaths. Germany has had just under 9,000 deaths and Turkey has had just under 4,500 deaths. Bear in mind, both Germany and Turkey have a population that's 25% higher than the UK. So if this is the example of Dominic's indispensable advice, then it is dispensable. The UK has now one of the highest coronavirus death tolls in the world. It's a national catastrophe. Yet the prime minister and cabinet have wasted four days on defending obvious breaches of the government's own lockdown regulations by one of their own. And I think it's utterly shameful. So on that note, over to you boys. Who wants to start on this one then? <laughs> I'm waiting for Grant, really. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I'm just, I, I'm uh, I, I'm backing him, uh, but there's a reason why I'm backing him. Um, okay. the, the media just don't like him from what he said last year. Nothing to do with coronavirus. Uh, he when he was dealing with the Brexit uh, policies and all that, and pushing forward and masterminding the whole system there, um, he said, and it was put out there that he didn't care what the media thought or said. And they all reported that. And they're just getting his own back. Grant, what do you think? Okay. Um, the, the, I think I think this is a, a, a broader problem than just what Dominic Cummings has done. Because um, it's really obvious to everybody that's got a brain um, that he has screwed up big time. He's been a huge hypocrite. And now he's lying to cover it up. Um now, I always think the stuff that goes on in the background that we never get to hear about, um, you know, may, maybe that is his character and he is a flawed character and he's lying in order to um, cover his ass. And that's that's the way that he is. Or maybe he's being forced to do that um, because he's screwed up. Maybe he would like to admit it, but the spin doctors won't let him because what we all know is that this is big news this week and next week there'll be something else and it will be gone in the same way that God knows how many times, you know, uh, Boris's next been on the chopping block. And then before you know it, it's blown over and there's something else that's in the newspaper. Our media uh, has, does a hatchet job on people. Um, and that's not just newspapers. It's, it's, it's in general where we've got this blame culture where they like to sensationalize stuff, blow it out of proportion to create the news. And for me, that is where the problem is because I cannot make uh, any kind of informed decision about whether or the reasoning behind what Dominic Cummings has done, because to me, it doesn't make sense that we, he would make such an utter cock up um, in terms of, of, first of all, 
blatantly, you know, flagrantly um, disobeying the rules that he put in place, you know, and that he was advocating. Then the whole thing that Maz said, you know, the fact that he drove 60 miles to test his eye t eyesight to a beauty spot and with the kid in the back at the same time is just utterly, utterly ludicrous that he would even say that and expect anybody to believe it. He's not a stupid man. Um, so surely there must be some other reason behind what all you know why he's saying these reasons um or why he's using this and, and let's face it we both know we all know that if he just car carries on denying it this will blow over and and life will go on and that and it will be forgotten no, that's true we, we just lost uh maz then for some reason mark what, what, what's your feelings on this uh well i'm i'm voting for dominic coming for prime minister <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, yeah, we obviously have a puppet as a PM, uh, in as much as he can't make his own decisions. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> a bit like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> because ultimately, he he's advised him for Brexit. He's advised him for like yeah, the whole coronavirus. Probably who knows what else? He's the only only civil servant who has the intelligence for the whole government to tell us what to do what a load of cobblers at the end of the day he should go because it's it's clearly clearly with not within the rules it's clearly something he's drawn up and like everything else this uh, conservative government are doing right now is they're making it up as they go along and they're using the authoritarian approach that you know what we're in charge we say what goes We've lost our civil rights for this whole lockdown. We're not in a position anymore to take that forward. They find it harder to unlock us because what they've done is taken away our civil rights. And balonies and buffoons like him say, do you know what? I'm not going to apologise. I'm not going to go. And you're right, Grant. The press will find someone else to talk about in a week's time. But the British public will not give up on this. And at the end of the day, when it comes to voting polls, you will see the answer. I just, I mean, I'll, I'll come to Maz again, even though she she did pop off then, and you missed a, a lovely rant by Mark then, Maz. But anyway, it's um, I, I, you know, you are right, Grant. What you're saying, it's uh, today's news is tomorrow's. What are they? Fish and chip shop papers. Remember you used yeah. to say that. It's tomorrow's uh, chip, chip tomorrow's shop papers. Paper, yeah. Uh, it, and it is very much like that. Yes, it is hanging around. Um, I'm, I think it's what, as I say, one the reason it's hanging around is because the media are hanging onto it because they want him out because they he just. Sort of a he, he just pissed them off. Oh, there we go. Sorry, LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> they really annoyed, he really annoyed them last year. Uh, and uh, you know, but what he said last year was right because he was just trying to build a whole plan for Brexit, and they were just like, uh, just knocking the whole government down left, right, and center. So he was annoyed at that. But you know, retaliation media is much more stronger, and you can see it because they won't let go and they keep asking the same questions. I mean, I know they ask the same questions at these, uh, press conferences at five o'clock and we, we we know that but he sat in the garden and this is the stupid thing he sat in that garden they asked him every single one of those reporters asked him virtually the same question then all those reporters went away and washed their hands and put some gel on and then they all went to the cameras wherever and came back for the press briefing at seven o'clock with uh with johnson uh, not with johnson it was uh yes it was sorry, it was with johnson it was johnson and asked the same questions again and he's just thinking and this and this must be annoying to the public. I mean, it's annoying to me, but it's surely it must be annoying to the public. And that, and that 
And that woman off BBC, I don't, I, I don't, I, you know, a name has been deleted from my head. I did like her, the political reporter. Um, I, 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 I can't remember her name, but she just repeats the same thing all day. Just annoying. Mark, go on. Surely, surely, like her children, like a perpetuating child who says, can I have that ice cream? And you say no. At five years old, you know what children are like at five. This is what the press are doing. They're asking the same question repeatedly, repeatedly. Grant will know this from a sales point of view. If you keep on asking, keep on asking, eventually someone's going to say yes. Eventually, they're forcing, they're forcing a bit of news media to, 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 for someone to lose their rag, you know, because, I mean, I know they're all media trained, these MPs are, but everybody's under a lot of pressure. Someone is going to break and tell them to F off on the BBC <laughs> at half past five on a Tuesday night. That's going to happen. And there won't be anybody around with a bleep button there because they'll be sat back going, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be talking away and it'll just go because they just, you know, we want to know information. And if if they won't give the information because they're media trained, they won't give up that information. It doesn't matter how many times you ask. And the media just don't seem to get that. They, they and, and they haven't won. They've not won. All they've done is just annoyed the public. Anybody else? Sorry. Well, I'll tell you what, when, whenever I hear, see... Uh, I'm scared um, to say anything. I'm scared <laughs> the, the majority of uh, of interviewers that I see when they're interviewing politicians, their main tactic seems to be to get some kind of point scoring or yep. to try and get the politician to slip up so that they can be the one that's scored the point and got them to put their foot in it. Exactly so, right. I, I the other day, you know, that they'll ask questions like, um, you know, how, how do you think, you know, the people feel that uh, have been fined um, for going out of their house during lockdown and you and you went out and, and didn't? How do you think how do you think the people feel? They're trying to ask an emotive question um, to just get them to where we all know what the what the answer is. And we all know the politician isn't going to answer it. What is the point? Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, journalism and and political interviews even the ones that are supposed to be you know like andrew marr or um you know some of the the the, 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 high, the high profile you know supposed to be serious um serious uh, interviewers that they do it as well and it's just point scoring and it is infuriating because we know that a politician they ask questions that they absolutely know the politician isn't going to answer straight so what is the point what well, is that, the point? There, there was a typical example was on uh, was it yesterday I think it was where the, the vicar came on uh, to the briefing uh, news briefing and uh, and he asked the question to the the NHS minister and said that uh, regarding everybody who'd been fined because they were moving their children about should those fines be reviewed and he went well that's a valid question I will go and put that to the government and that you know and he, and then suddenly. Everybody jumped on that, and then the government had to make a statement at seven o'clock saying, "No, we're not doing that. No, we're not going to do that at all. It's 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 absolutely rubbish." So, and it's just, I don't know how they're doing it. You know, it it is phenomenal how all this is being held together because I think it could fall over very easily. Someone has actually said here, um, uh, having watched the BBC, uh, this was this was actually yesterday. Said that they've reposted this to me. Uh, having just watched uh, the BBC um, uh, news conference. Uh, it doesn't make any difference which side of the arguments you're on, and I respect both, 
but the media reporters have no shame, no memory of what's been asked already, and are only interested in bullying the interviewee to, to an answer. Can I suggest that if journalism step back to investigate, validate, and prove the assumption before you air it all on national television or national press, the fundamental rule of law is innocent until proven guilty, not guilty by popular social media quotes. Stop playing school play, stop playing school playground politics and grow up. Do your job and being proud of what you do. Be professional. Well said. That was yeah, that, that, that's uh, Ian Hall. That was from. Um, that's it's a really good point. That that's. I'm just going to move on to SpaceX, but I've just got to mention, Maz, have you done your hair? <laughs> have you, Maz? Well, have you, no, got, you also got a delay as well, haven't you? She's been to hairdressers. I have no, no. That well, which reason do you want? The one for the show or the one? <laughs> Don't use my one. That's my line. Well, the one for the show is that I wanted to look different. Now that we're getting popular, I've started combing it. Okay. <laughs> and then the one off the show, I've got so many bloody greys. So many bloody greys. So I've covered it. I've sorry, taken LinkedIn. It. Oh, sorry. I've covered it. I've taken one side and put it on the other, and then I pinned it up to give it, like, this cool look. What do you think? It looks great. Now, if I you think, think – go on, Mark. What are you going to say? I was going to say, Maz, what he's fishing for is something that's gone on here. He's got rid of the beard and he's trying to say, look how no, cool. No, no, no. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? You know, I wasn't fishing for anything. Oh, let me just put that one in. That was the message I got for Maz. You didn't ask about my new hairdo. That, was the question. <laughs> <laughs> that is the reason why I asked about it. Right. So let me just do my final thing. As you know, I, uh, I love space and I've got my telescope. <laughs> um, and I just want to make a few comments about SpaceX. Let me just get my message up because it is a really important day for SpaceX, NASA, and the American people because today's the first manned space launch. Uh, on US soil for nearly 10 years. And it's happening tonight, and it's really important because we can see it live. Yes, we can see it live on the television, but we can see it going over the UK. Now, Doug and Bob are the... I can't believe their names. These are the space people, astronauts, who are going to be going up to the space station, and they're called Doug, Doug and Bob. Well, they are space people, aren't they? I mean, are those, are those real suits? Space suits? Oh, wow. It doesn't look it, does it? They look a bit cheap. Well, Neil Armstrong's is a bit more padded than that. Well, I thought so, yeah. Um, that was a picture to always take off the uh, the banner there. That was a picture that was just taken off. So this uh, is NASA, not US. SpaceX now. This is NASA and SpaceX. What What's happened is NASA are using SpaceX to send two astronauts to the space station because NASA don't do anything like this anymore. They don't do rockets. Um right. So what's what's going to happen is that uh, I'll leave that picture up there because it's nice. Um, so they're going to go up to the space station tonight, uh, but this is just to build the pathway to build a space station which will will uh, orbit the moon, and that moon space station will be the jumping off point to go to Mars, and that's what it's all this is all about. So this is the first two people. First of all, it's the two first two people to be taken up by SpaceX ever. Because all that SpaceX take up is obviously technology and space and, and uh, satellites, but this is the first time human beings have gone up in a in a SpaceX rocket, which, right? Well, they are brave, I suppose. Uh, uh, you know, looking at Musk and the uh, the build quality of Teslas, he could thinking, well, do I really want to get up in there? Uh, so, how can you watch it? You can watch the launch. 
You can watch the launch live on NASA television. You can also watch it on uh, SpaceX on YouTube. I think NASA TV is also on YouTube as well. The launch itself takes place at 9.33 this evening, our time, from right. the Kennedy Space Center. Um, but if you just jump outside at about 25 past nine, and hopefully it should be dark enough, the space station which they're going to go to goes over us first. So at 9.25, the space station goes across. Then at 9.33, uh, there's a launch from uh, Kennedy Space Center, which you'll see on the TV. Then at around, bet well, between 9.45 and 9.50, you will see that rocket go over the UK at about 9.48, they've said. So if you're outside, if you look towards the moon, this is the easiest way of spotting it, it'll come from that, that angle and go straight across above you. So if you look at the moon, it'll go straight across above you. And what it's doing, it takes 24 hours to chase the space station and catch it up to dock with it. And that's what it's doing. So space station first, then they send the rocket up, and it's literally chasing it around the Earth to catch it up. And it's going to be brilliant. I mean, it's uh, all, all kicks off from about 9.20 tonight. Wow. Any questions? That's actually really good. I like that. No, I think it's amazing the way they managed to do all of that and fall as soon as the earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> it's all CGI and uh, industrial life and magic do all the special effects. <laughs> more interested in the explanation than enthusiasm from Matt there. Oh, I'm just, I'm so literally, I'm buzzing for it. I just it's because he's got a telescope. He's all telescoped up. You, you can't track satellite space station with a telescope. It's moving too fast. Not only with all your sniper training. Not even with my sniper. <laughs> it, it took me 15 minutes just to get the flaming moon on in the telephone. It's not moving. So anyway, please watch it tonight. As long as it's a clear sky, obviously. That's it's exciting. Be, it is very, very exciting. Um, let's just hope the rocket doesn't blow up. <laughs> Sorry, that's a terrible thing to say. But wait a minute. If it does blow up, you see, Musk has already thought about this. They've got an ex the, the whole capsule can actually jettison off the main section of the rocket faster than the rocket's going, even at its full Mach, whatever it is when it's going up there. Um, it's actually that the, there's jet engines on the side of the of the uh, actual pod that will push it away from the main body of the rocket if it explodes. Now, that's quite cool. That I'm sure really that's, cool. that's a Tesla design again. So I just, I just hope they've all had their COVID-19 test. Because we'd hate to, we'd hate to send them to quarantine on the place space station. <laughs> well, they are, they are there. They are there for fourteen weeks, so I think they'll probably be okay. They be all right. They'll be sure. But obviously, they may affect everybody else. That's the only. That's the only issue. But uh, yeah, so that's happening tonight. So that will be something to look forward to. Uh, oh, we've got a couple of comments have come in while we're, while we we're talking. Um, oh, look at this! Look, Maz looks like a Disney princess. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank is, that you. Somebody, is that somebody you know, Maz? Law, of course I know her. That's law. Oh, that, that doesn't. That doesn't. Uh, She's got an care. awesome website. Uh, she? <laughs> <laughs> yoga. She does amazing yoga in the morning. Oh, oh yes, I know. I know. Uh, and uh, yeah, princess with brains. She says. Thank you, Law. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? Right. That is everybody. That's the end of the show for today. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Maz. Uh, we will see you tomorrow at 12 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Ciao. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.